everyone. Like I said, it is a very special day. And if you were, if you follow us on Facebook, you may have noticed that I mentioned something different was going to happen. During the process of our sermon, in our line of work, we call it an object lesson. But what we are going to do is, did anyone notice this lovely vase up here? It's very nice. I picked it out. I was like, ooh, this is so pretty. So today is a very special day, which can mean different things for all of us. Today's Mother's Day. We just got finished recognizing the mothers and other women of the church. But, and I said we would explain this. This is why I recognize the other women of the church. I was doing some reading in preparation for today, and I came across a thing that said this. As women, we are all called to be mothers. Now, some of us who may have never had children may sit here and go, well, how is that fair to me? But here's the thing. The Bible doesn't get specific about mothers, you know? In fact, in the scripture, the Bible, the hen gathers her chick her wings, so will the Lord gather us unto him, right? We are called to be mothers. Whether we have children, <laughs> or we don't, no matter what age we are, whether we have a man, whether you have kids or you don't even want kids. We don't have to physically have children or even be able to adopt them in order to be a mother to somebody. We are called to be mothers to the children of the world. We can be called to act in even motherly ways towards them. What are some things that mothers are known for, right? Their unconditional love. But if I say that word, unconditional love, who is someone else you might think of, right? God. Mothers are called to show love unconditionally to those who need to see it. To be an example of what God's unconditional love looks like. We are called to be leaders for others and to live a life that serves an example for others. To not follow us, but to see us. To know who we follow and to follow him. Now, many of us have probably at one point in time or another, heard about Proverbs 31, right? When I was a younger in seminary, we were challenged to think of this verse different than what many of us do. Because it talks about a good wife, right? And for some of us, who may not be wives, we don't necessarily understand 
the relevance of it. But we're going to look down starting with verse 10 of Proverbs 31. And it says this. A good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Never spiteful, she treats him generously all her life long. She shuffs around for the best yarns and cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. She's like a trading ship that sails to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. She's up before dawn, preparing breakfast for her family and organizing her day. She looks over a field and buys it then with the money she's put aside. She plants a garden. First thing in the morning, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. She senses the worth of her work, is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. She's skilled in the crafts of home and hearth, diligent in homemaking. She's quick to assist anyone in need, reaches out to help the poor. She doesn't worry about her family when it snows. Their winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. She makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful linens and silks. Her husband is greatly respected when he deliberates with the city fathers. She designs gowns and sells them, brings the sweaters she knits to the dress shops. Her clothes are well made and elegant, and she always faces tomorrow with a smile. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say, and she always says it kindly. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Her children respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. Charm can mislead, and beauty soon fades. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Give her everything she deserves and festoon her life with praise. Now, that old lot tied to a woman who's married, her husband, her children. But here's something I want us to think about. It says, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. But couldn't the same be said for a man who fears the Lord? Anybody who fears the Lord? Who does those things? And so we're going to break it down. I was reading on the internet and somebody had this idea and I just loved it so much. It broke it down to 12 main qualities. In Proverbs 31 and that after verse 10. 12 main qualities that describe in Proverbs, what he's talking about is the perfect wife. But if we want to know how to live a life that would be pleasing to God, a life that sets an example for others to follow, to be able to follow him, We can read these qualities and apply them to our lives. And so, there's 12 of them. And 12 is also known as what? A dozen, right? And so we have here a dozen roses. 12 roses. 
We have our lovely little vase here, our Happy Mother's Day vase. One mom is going to be able to take the flowers and the vase home today when we're done. But as we cover each characteristic or quality, we're going to arrange it in the vase. That way, whenever you see a bouquet of roses, you can be reminded of the qualities to live a Proverbs 31 life. Now, the first one. Said this. This talked about how she does good to her husband all the days of her life. And he trusts her and never has a reason to regret it. She's never spiteful and treats him good. Well, that's good for a husband, but what about us who don't have husbands, right? What can we learn from that? It's quite simple. Treat people well. And in our interactions and in dealing with other people, never give them a reason to regret that we are in their lives. Because let's be honest with ourselves, we probably have people in our own lives where we kind of wish we never met them, right? And kind of what he's saying here is this woman's husband never regrets the fact that he married her, right? And so for us, what we can apply to our lives is that in our dealings with people, with our family, with our loved ones, with friends, with people we don't even know, we treat them with kindness and respect, that we are good to them, and that they would never regret that they have met us. Good companionship is worthy of praise, right? Being there for someone is important. Sometimes more important than any of the materialistic or monetary things of the world. It says she works with her hands. This is actually repeated several times, over and over. It even says, you know, if she needs money, she makes things to sell. How many of us can oftentimes feel underappreciated? for the little things we do, right? Moms out there, how many of you have felt like your kids take advantage of the things you do? They don't realize it all. And then moms, let's be honest. How many of you have thanked your own mom, though? 
because it's kind of a two-way street there. And just in keeping it, how many of you have thanked somebody else that's done something for you? Are you appreciative of all the small gestures? It says she's never idle. She's always busy, right? She works with her hands and she gets things done. If something needs to be done, she does it. We had a saying because how many of us have ever found ourselves guilty of looking around and going, oh, somebody should do this. Somebody should do that, right? How many of us have ever found ourselves saying that? I had a teacher when we would say that, who when we would say, well, somebody should so-and-so, they go, well, guess what? You're somebody. If someone needs to do something, that you're someone. Let us not be idle, but instead be hardworking, willing to go that extra mile. Now, that she rises up before dawn. Well, it's still dark, right? How many of you get up that early? Really, you guys get up that early? Oh my goodness. Let me just be very honest right here. I do not like the morning. I'm not a morning person. And oftentimes I require several cups of coffee just to be functioning. And so I'm like, oh, when I, oh, whenever I read that part, I'm sitting here going, I'm failing, man. If this is a quiz, putting a big old zero right there. She gets up before dawn, preparing breakfast for her family and organizing the day. The other parts that go with it, she looks to the ways of her household. She takes care of her own things. We don't have to have a family to have a household, right? Because if we have a house, we have bills. We have to eat. So are we taking care of ourselves is the question. And that's what it is. She takes great care for her family. Now, back then, they rose a lot earlier anyway. If your children sleep till 9 o'clock, maybe you can get up at 8. If they sleep till 1, hey, you've got it made. I know, right? But how many of you guys have ever found yourself up late at night with maybe a sick kid? Or even a sick friend? Or a friend who was hurting or in pain? How many of you guys have been able to push aside your own comfort level to give aid to somebody else? Be willing to care for others. She probably didn't want to get up every morning at dawn, but she did because it was needed. And so the lesson for us
is to being willing to put our own comfort behind that of others. Now, it says she buys a field. She looks upon it and she buys a field. That's not talking about the fact that she has money to burn. Because if you were paying attention, it says the money she had saved up. This verse isn't necessarily telling us to become venture capitalists and invest our money in things and squirrel it away for a rainy day. But what it is illustrating is wisdom. In fact, it even says it in verse 26 of Psalm Proverbs. She is wise. Are we wise? Do we make wise choices? It said she'd buy a field, but she just didn't leave it sit. She'd plant a garden in it, right? She would use it. She would probably sell the vegetables. She made wise choices about providing for the needs of her household. Do we make wise choices? Because whether it's a family of one, as I like to say, or a family of eight, are we wise in how we run our households? Wisdom is important for us, no matter who we are. Let wisdom govern our steps, especially if we are striving to set an example for others to follow. If we are governing our own steps with wisdom, then we know that we are setting an example worthy of those to follow. Another quality, she's compassionate. We're compassionate, right? It says she extends her hand to the poor. She's always willing to give aid to those in need. She's compassionate to those who need it. We are called to be compassionate. Because we're called to show the love of God to others, right? And he is compassion. He is love. If we are learning these him, then we can have no choice but to be compassionate to others. It kind of goes hand in hand with you know, putting others' comforts before our own. Looking after the needs of others. Let us strive in our lives to treat one another and all we may meet with compassion in our hearts. Because compassion is essential for that unconditional love. The same love that God shows us that we are called to show others. It says, the next one is, she's prepared. 
She doesn't worry about her family when it snows. Their winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. She is prepared. Now, how many of us would be willing to admit that maybe being prepared is something we can be better at? But there's a time coming when we definitely need to be ready, to be prepared. If we are called to set this example for others to follow, then we need to live our lives in a state of preparedness. Not just prepared for the things of the world and the things of life and whatever may come our way, but prepared for the returning of Christ. Are we ready? Or are we like the parable of the ten maidens in Matthew? Where five were ready and they were wise. There's that word again. And they had made sure that they had extra oil. Because they knew the night would be long. But five of them weren't. And they weren't prepared for the return. Let us not only be prepared in the things that the world may throw at us and to handle them and deal with them in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, but let us be prepared for the returning of Christ. To show that preparedness for others. that she cares about how she looks. Her clothes are well made and elegant and she always faces tomorrow with a smile. Now, how many of us have ever had a morning though where we have felt like we did not care how we looked because we were tired, right? We didn't care because we were just going to the grocery store. This isn't necessarily saying that Wherever we go, we need to make sure that we are ready for camera. At least that's what I'm hoping. It's not saying no, I'm joking. <laughs> and it talks about the fact that people find her attractive. I don't know about you, but I'm a firm believer that, you know, hey, there's nothing wrong with making yourself look put together. And in fact, if you're prepared, and you're handling your household right, which are all other things we've talked about, then it shouldn't be that hard to make yourself look put together, even when you're running to the grocery store. But the true level of attractiveness is what's in here, right? What's in your heart. Because they say beauty shines from the inside. She's beautiful because of her spirit. And so, is our spirit beautiful? Are we taking care of it? Are we getting it ready for the day?
I like the other thing it says. She smiles at the future. You read that, right? She faces tomorrow with a smile. How many of us have ever thought about the daunting things that lay ahead of us in a day and grumbled? Mm -hmm. How many of us have ever had those days where we wish we could have gone back to bed? Where we felt like, this is not our day and we want a do-over. We ever been there? But part of Proverbs 31 living is looking forward to the future with anticipation and smiling. Why? What do we've got to smile about? Why are we happy? Because Jesus. We may not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Right? We may not know what is planned for us, but we know who's in control of the plan. If we have been looking after our household, we've been wise in our choices, then we won't have reason to worry. And we can trust. That's how she's, that's why she's smiling. That's why we should be smiling. She doesn't worry about what tomorrow brings. We are trusting in the Lord. Kindness. When we're trying to teach children to be careful of the words they say, we give them a tube of toothpaste in a plate. We give them about 10, 15 seconds to squeeze as much toothpaste out of it as they can. And sometimes they're really good and they get the whole tube empty. And then we go, well, this may be a little harder. We'll give you double the time. We'll give you 30 seconds. But what you gotta do is put all the tube paste back in the tube. Does it work? No. It never works. Because it may have streamed pretty fast out of that very small hole, but it doesn't go back in there. It's kind of like words. And let's be honest, how many of us have ever said something we've regretted the moment we said it? Or maybe it took us a while for us to sink in on what we had said. But after we said it, we're like, man, what was I thinking? Why did I say that? She always has kindness on her tongue. It's a lesson for us. If we're being compassionate, if we're allowing wisdom to govern us, then we should be able to stop and think before we speak. And whatever rolls off our tongue, though, be words filled with compassion, which should be kind. The Bible tells us that out of the overflow of the heart comes out of the mouth, right? And so, 
Let us make sure that kindness can roll from our tongue. As easy as toothpaste can be squeezed out of a tube. All right. Now, there's another one. It says, the heart of her husband trusts in her. Trust. You don't have to be married for trust to be important. We talk about how important it is for us to trust in the Lord. That's how we're able to smile at what the future brings. But how important is it for us to trust in each other. How important is it for us to be trustful? We don't want people to ever have a reason to doubt us, right? We don't want people to think that we're untrustworthy. if we're striving to live our lives pleasing to the Lord, if we're striving to be like Jesus, in whom he's so trustworthy we can place our whole trust of the future to him, then we should be trustworthy. And others should be able to depend upon us and place their trust in us. little part that we had read earlier. The last quality. Fear of the Lord. We trust in him for the future. We look forward to his return. But we live our lives striving to please him. It says, A woman who fears the Lord shall be praised, right? May we all strive in our lives. worthy of praise for our fear of the Lord. And so there we go. Right? We have our 12 roses arranged in a lovely bouquet for a mom. We'll give it out at the end of the service. But 
I want us to think back on those characteristics. Where there's some of them that seemed a little harder for us because we knew that we needed to work on them. good news is, is we don't have to work on them alone. The Lord is there and it things done. And so we're going to have this time in prayer. And as the song plays, let's ask him to give us the strength be able to meld these qualities. Like we did with the bouquet. Together. In one beautiful arrangement. Stones of his life I want to let 
Father, we thank you for this day, for everything that you've given us. Lord, help us to live our lives as a Proverbs 31 life, Lord. Compassionate, kind to others. Wise in all that we do, Lord. Setting an example for others to follow. Be with us this day, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.